Well, good morning. It is good to be here. It's such a beautiful morning to gather here in our sanctuary and to be able to worship together. And as we um, continue this sermon series that we are in, this healing, uh, humanity's healing, you know, we spent several weeks talking about um, the, the human condition and all that plagues us in our broken human state. And um, we have, you know, we considered all the various things that causes us problems, that creates roadblocks, obstacles, distractions, anxieties, fears, everything that has, it harms us in creation and separates for us from God and from each other. And now we're entering into this season of talking about um, humanity's healing and how God works uh, to heal us to mend those broken places, to, to redeem us as humans and to create something new and special and to continue to revitalize and, and quicken creation and humanity. And so that's what we're talking about over the next few weeks. Kristen kicked us off last week and she talked about those two interwoven stories about the woman who was, who was hemorrhaging for years and sought healing and, 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 and from every available venue, but found healing in Jesus Christ when she reached out to touch him. And it was her faith that made her well. And then as, as this was going on, there's this story that's interwoven about Jairus' daughter who is, who is ill and is dying and there's, there's no help. And, and so Jairus, this, this leader, has reached out to Jesus to come and, and heal his daughter. But then while all this healing with the woman with hemorrhaging is going on, this young girl dies. And Jesus goes anyway and raises her from death. And this is a powerful illustration and image of what God is doing in the world. We find ourselves in these interruptions, and in the middle of these interruptions, God is doing something special that we may not always see. But God is healing. God is always working, even in the midst of the interruptions. And maybe it's in those interruptions we need to pay close attention, because that's where we find God revealing his redeeming, powerful work. Now, as we continue this week, we're in the Gospel of Mark. And this is one of my favorite stories in the Gospel of Mark. It's the account of, of Jesus healing the possessed man of the Gerasene. This is a powerful story. It, it's a wonderful story. It's wonderful in its simplicity and its complexities of layers and obstacles. This is a powerful story. As we, as, as we prepare to hear this story read from Mark chapter 5, I want us to back up just a little bit to chapter 4. As chapter 4 ends, we find Jesus and his disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee to the far shore. As they're crossing the sea, they encounter a storm, or a storm encounters them, and this, and this boat is being tossed and maybe overcome with waves. And the, and, the, and the disciples are afraid. They're afraid for their life. And then they, they arouse Jesus and say, we're, we're perishing. We, 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 we need some help. We need to be saved. And Jesus calms the storm, and they find peace, and they reach the far shore. This is This is important. Because the sea represents chaos to the ancient world. And the chaos was at its best in that storm. You know, I was curious of just how, what, you know, how bad can a storm be in the Sea of Galilee? It's not that big. 
I mean, it's, it's like a, a good-sized lake. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big lake. But, I mean, it's not like the Atlantic or the Pacific or the Indian Ocean. It's not that. Well, it's about 140 to 170 feet deep. And it's fairly wide and long. But I, I read some accounts where some of the storms in that little Sea of Galilee, the waves can reach 20 feet. Imagine, imagine being in an open wooden sailboat facing 15 to 20 foot swells. I can't. I would have been terrified. Absolutely terrified. And they were. But Jesus was there to calm the sea, to calm the chaos, to restore order. That's an important piece as we move into this story in Mark chapter 5. We read in chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, and this whole account is 20 verses long. And, and we're going to read the first 13 verses. They came to the other side of the lake, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart and the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there on the hillside, a great herd of swine was feeding, and the unclean spirits begged him, Send us into the swine. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned in the lake. May God bless the reading of the word. Thanks be to God. As I said, this is a wonderful and powerful account of Jesus healing and exercising this man. In its simplicity, we find this man in a really bad condition. He's in bad, bad shape. Jesus and his disciples have come out of the boat. They've, they're walking on the shore or just off the shore, and they encounter this area of tombs and the caves, and, and, and they, they see this man come out to them. And it's obvious he's not in his right mind. He's completely out of it. He's probably uh, barely dressed if he's dressed at all. He's bruised. He's bleeding. He's ranting incoherently, howling. This man is no longer human. 
This man has reached a point in life that he cannot communicate and cannot be in community with others. He's been kicked out. He's been exiled to the graveyard to be left for dead because there's nothing that anybody can do with him. This man spends his days hurting himself, hitting himself with stones, rocks, bruising and cutting himself, howling day and night. This man is an unclean man. For the Jewish people, this was a bad, bad place. They walked off that shore and next to these tombs, which was, which was an unclean place. The dead were unclean. The tombs were unclean. This man coming out of the tombs was unclean. And Jesus stops long enough to have a conversation. Recognizing this unclean, powerful spirit in him, he commands the spirit to come out. And when Jesus asks him his name, the man cannot speak. But the demon speaks. And the demons say, my name is Legion, for we are many. This man is obsessed, oppressed, and possessed by many evils. And he is helpless. And he just wants some relief. And he wants to be left alone from all that plagues him and from Jesus as well. Just leave me alone. Let me stay here. You see, the understanding of the ancients was that these demons lived in the country. They had a, they had a home. And these demons, this legion of demons, had found a home in this man and in this graveyard, in this particular place. Don't, Jesus, send us away. Don't send us into the country. We have found a home here, and we don't want to leave. And Jesus was not content with that and commands the demons to come out and the demons I love this part of the story say look there's a there's a herd of pigs if you could send this in the pigs we'll be there'll be a new home and we can stay in this part of the world and we'll be fine we'll be comfortable we can live with that send this into the pigs well, Jesus obliges, and the demons enter this herd of pigs, which promptly run down this slope into the sea where they all drowned, some 2,000 pigs. Maybe one lesson there is careful what you ask for. But this man, this man who was less than human, who could not communicate, who could not express love, what was bent on hurting himself, injuring himself, exiled from all community, from his home, from his neighbors, from his friends, from his family, now sits calmly and peacefully with Jesus and his disciples, chatting, fully clothed, in his right mind. And those who saw this were afraid. And those herders of the swine went and told people 
You're not going to believe about that guy out in the tombs. The madman. He's in his right mind now. He's sitting calmly talking with a, with a healer. They were afraid that Jesus was changing things. And in these healings, in this exorcism, life was changing. The world was changing. And this is one level of this exorcism, one level of this healing, because there are multiples. We're given a clue of that when Jesus, when we're told that Jesus stilled the waters on that stormy sea. And when he steps out of that boat, he steps off the surface of chaos onto the, order, onto the land of order. Because in that sea, the ancients saw as chaos. This was an image of chaos. And in that stormy sea, chaos was at its finest, its most upset, its most frightening, its most dangerous. And Jesus, Jesus showed authority over the chaos, restored order and calm and peace over all creation. And now he steps off this boat into a land that is foreign to him. We're told that he steps off into a town called Gerasa, but Gerasa is some 30 miles away from the coast. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And there's all kinds of obstacles about this. Maybe, maybe, maybe Mark is not familiar with the geography of, of that part of, of Palestine, the southeastern part of the Sea of Galilee. Or, or maybe there's another town called Gerasa that was located on the coast that we've since lost. We're not sure. No one's sure. But what we are sure of is that this, this part of the country... This territory, this region, was called a Decapolis. It means ten villages. And this was Gentile, Greek regions. This was foreign to Jesus and his disciples. This was an unclean territory. This was an unclean place, a chaotic place, a dangerous place, an unfamiliar place, a frightening place. A place where there was no guarantee that they would have uh, ritually pure people, ritually pure food. There was nothing there that guaranteed them purity, cleanness, according to the Jewish tradition, the Jewish law. And as they step out of this boat, they encounter these tombs, another very unclean place. The tombs are unclean. The dead are unclean. This man coming out of the tombs, bleeding and bruised and out of his mind, was very unclean by the Jewish tradition. There was nothing normal, nothing clean in this whole episode. This was a dangerous place. A chaotic place. And again, as Jesus encounters this man, encounters this region, we can understand that God is healing all of humanity, Jew and Gentile alike, clean and unclean alike. But there's still more. Jesus as he encounters this man and asks for a name, he's given the name Legion. 
then we probably know that this is a term, is a, a military term to designate a company of legionnaires. Typically, four to 6,000 soldiers would be in a legion, but they could be as small as 2,000. About the number of pigs on that countryside. And when they ask to be put in the pigs, we're told that the pigs charged across the countryside, down the slope, and into the sea. The legion was cast into the sea. That was what the Jewish people were waiting for. There was a symbolic healing here, an invisible healing that when we look back on it, we can begin to make sense what God is doing, wants to do, and will do in our world. The Jewish people wanted somebody, a Messiah, the Anointed One, the, the Son of God, to come and push the Romans out of their country, out of Palestine, and into the Mediterranean Sea, and back to Italy. Get them out. We're tired of being oppressed. We're tired of being obsessed and possessed by these Romans. We're done. And in this instance, we get a hint as that's exactly what Jesus is doing. But he's doing it in a way we never, ever would have anticipated. Those pigs received the legion and ran them into the sea. It's an interesting side note that the, uh, the tenth legion that was stationed in Syria at that time was called Fratensis. And the Fratensis on their banners had the symbol of the boar. And so now we can begin to see, make more sense of this political healing that Jesus is offering. It comes in unexpected ways, God's healing of humanity. All of our many broken places and sins are taken on by Christ. And when we see that man bruised and bleeding and unclean and howling incoherently, dying on a cross, we now know that the Son of God has taken legion upon legion upon legion on himself and has kept order in the bounds and kept chaos at its limits and has offered healing to humanity, has mended the brokenness, has sent the political powers and empires of this world into the ocean. That's what God wants to do for his people. He wants to heal us of all of our brokenness. Whether it's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, political. It's all there for the taking. And Jesus has taken it upon himself. And at the end of Mark, 
when the Roman centurion looks at Jesus dying on the cross and when Jesus eventually dies, the Roman centurion is the one who says, surely this man is the Son of God. There's a lot going on in the healing in this story. I love what N.T. Wright says in his commentary on chapter 5. I'm going to read just a few excerpts. N.T. Wright says, This story shows that underneath the pain and injustice of political enslavement, there is a spiritual battle. Leave that out, and you simply go around the endless cycle of violence and counterviolence. Mark sees Jesus' kingdom movement, which reached its climax in his death, as the means by which all earthly powers are brought to heal, even though the messengers of the kingdom may suffer in the process. Those who follow Jesus are now to put into practice the victory he achieved. The big picture must never exclude the little picture. The focus of Mark's big canvas is on the one man in deep human distress and need. And on Jesus meeting that need and healing that distress. Wherever humans are in pain today, in other words, in every community in the world, the gentle healing message of Jesus needs to be applied. Identifying with those in pain to bring God's healing where it is needed. That's our call. When Jesus told the, the healed demoniac of the Gerasenes to not come with him on the boat, or rather go back to his town, go back to his family and his neighbors and his friends and tell them all that the Lord has done for him. Tell them of his healing. Tell them of the God's love, grace, and goodness. Later, Jesus will return to that area. He will be met by some 4,000 people. Maybe because of the prompting of one healed demoniac. So as we consider humanity's healing... Let us consider for ourselves where we are broken. The legions that plague us in our communities, our life, our world. And let us be like that healed demoniac. Let us be like the church. Who is about the business of proclaiming the good news of God's love and grace. And healing for the whole world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.